Hey, listen to Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 26. I'm Brando, I'm here with Ryan. Today we continue our arc of the unexpected by talking about Dami, a sage of stone. Or are we? Hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan, we're uh, back for another super sweet adventure. How are you doing today? I'm good. What's going down? What is going down, indeed? What's going down is we're going to blow people's minds by playing something that you'd never see in a Damia list. Oh, yes. Oh, man. I had so much fun building this deck. The talking about it before the show, I could tell that you're really amped about this. I'm really excited about And I this. surprised you actually laughed hard at a couple of my includes because they're like, oh, my God. Uh, yeah, they're like, why are you, what? We're going, we're going to try and get right into it here, but before we we do i have a note here um if you want to refer back to episode 11 okay. we talked about different archetypes it was part of our arc of the archetype yep arc episode and we talk about combo decks and of course i built this deck so of course it's kind of a combo deck right. and it is combo deck the whole deck is one big combo and right? it's a sweet combo. So if you're into that, cool. If you're not, it does also have an auxiliary way to win where you could attack with big bigs for the win. Yep, which is also fun. Yep. But it's not um it's not combo dot deck, you know what I mean? Where you just put in like fifteen different two card combos and a bunch of tutors. It's a whole entire deck combo. And we touch on that a little bit in episode eleven. So check that out. Yeah, definitely take a listen to that. It's got uh the combo includes at least 27 cards in the deck. Absolutely. So good. Before we do that, though, we got to go through a couple of our social media coordinates. I'm going to let Brando take that away while I review the uh, notes one last time and check the score of the ball game. Excellent. So if you want to check out the uh, list of this deck, uh, we're on CCO Podcast on tappedout.net. That's this deck and every other deck that we have. There's even a few we haven't talked about yet. Check those out. Leave comments. They're very sweet. CCO Podcast on Twitter if you want to interact with us there, see all the new includes and updates and all those things. We're commandercookout at gmail.com if you want to send us anything, deck ideas, uh, show ideas, feedback, tell us we suck, tell us we're awesome, send us some nudes, no nudes. Nudes. Uh, we're also Commander Cookout on the Google Play, the Google Machine, the iTunes, the Podomatic, which is where we're trying to beat those scrapbooking ladies. We're working really hard at that and we appreciate all your help. Uh, also on Commander Society, they are our host website. They're very good to us and we like them a lot. They treat us real good. And we're appreciative to be on their site as their number one content contributor. Way better than Snow Covered Lands, who made their return a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I went there. Yeah, he went there. The rivalry's real. Uh, We're glad that those guys are back, especially since their most recent episodes of this recording was of Ravnica, which was one of my two or three favorite magic sets for flavor of all time. Yep. So thanks for doing that, guys. They did the dark too before Ravnica. And let oh. me tell you, <laughs> there's a podcaster who likes the dark. The dar- if you look at our current logo, it's, it's the dark. Yep. yep just check dark it out. moons. The dark and fallen empires. Oh, man. Those are my favorite things. Oh, man. Yep. But so not good. Homelands, though. F that set. Yeah, Homelands is real bad. Because <laughs> the other ones weren't. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of flavor, we haven't we don't usually do this, but we're going to talk about this. I think by the time this episode comes out, Ixalan will already be a thing. Oh, yeah. I had some Ixalan stuff I had to talk about. God yeah. dang it. We were talking about a few shows ago, I forget what episode it was, where I was miffed that Wizards of the Coast kind of took the Amonkhet 
flavor overall. The cool dying world inhabited by gods with men and women and all these cats kind of fighting for survival on this crazy dune planet. I love how it's men and women and gods and cats. Well, there's cats. There was cats. There were cats. And oh, I felt that they kind of focused too much on the gate watch and they took this great... I love the art style of the flavor of Amonkhet and Hour of Devastation. I'm super pumped about it. I'm like, oh, we're going to leave here and we're going to go somewhere. And I'm like, uh, what are they going to do now? Have inventors fairs? Hooray. <laughs> uh, and I was going to be just so over it. And what do they spring on us? Dinosaurs. And pirates. Pirates and dinosaurs. Literally two of the coolest things in the world. Yep. Together. Uh, we were texting back and forth the other day and I said, I think the magic group at large or the magic audience at large for a while has wanted dinosaurs. And here the, and they're awesome. And here they are. Yeah. They have a sweet ability that's on dinosaurs where like when they get hit, they do stuff. They get mad. And they're, they're just so effing cool. Now, the, I do agree with all of the stuff that you just said. I do want to throw in there, though, that I feel like, and I'm not a game designer, but I pay attention to a lot of that stuff, and I read and I listen to a lot of that kind of stuff, and I'm entrenched in it, even though I... I pretty strictly only play commander now sure um that wasn't always the case so i feel like the ixalan set world whatever you want to call it so far is a little bit it feels a little bit cheap and it feels like wizards of the coast is now designing cards strictly for limited playability which is great because limited is by and large um the popular, the most popular, one of the most popular ways to play Magic. It it's is. also one of the ways of playing Magic that makes them the most money. Yeah, which is great for them too. Um, I feel like it's designed for limited playability and that everything else is just designed for commander playability. So you have this huge polarized card base that comes out that it's like, oh, here's your 2-2 two, two for 2. Here's your looter effect. Here's your 3-2 or your 2-3 flyer. Here's your 4-4 four, four flying bomb. Um, and then on the other end is here's your big, splashy, huge effect that only sees playing commander and they price it out of any other format in terms of mana. They say, oh, here's here's your commander one, commander players, your 8 or 9 mana dinosaur. And there's nothing in between and anything that sees play in modern or standard will just be a, a side effect or a byproduct of designing cards for limited or for commander. And we've talked a little bit on the show about the downward trend in converted mana cost in commander decks as decks get more solved and more tuned and more competitive. And Wizards is counteracting that by saying, no, 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 here's the most powerful cards you could play, but it costs nine it's a dinosaur. You want to play dinosaurs, right? Here's your nine mana dinosaur. Play this. Commander, nine. I'm playing it too. I, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we are. That card. I'm not oh, complaining yeah. about it. I'm just saying I'm noticing this trend that is nine. Commander, here you go. Or seven mana. This is what you play. Yes. I, I've, yeah. Never thought and, of that, and, but yeah, and, that's a and, good point. And don't play the Sensei's Tops and don't play the one mana or two mana removal spells. Play this huge removal spell that ends the game. Play this Star of Extinction yeah. instead of... Um, Wrath of God. Damnation. Or, or Lightning Bolt. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The, the, the downward converted mana cost trend will eventually lead us to... I swear, I, it will lead us to playing Lightning Bolt in non-1v1 commander as things get so tuned and fast and competitive. 
and they're saying, here, play this 9 CMC card because it's way funner because that's what you want to do in Commander. Which and, I can appreciate. But yeah, you're, you're right. And I, I noticed that, I guess. Now is, I'm, is that okay? Are we okay with this? Like, I feel like I'm okay with it, but it's, it's a noticeable thing. As somebody who only plays Commander, and I guess a little bit of Limited so that I can get cards yep. to play in Commander, um, I guess I'm okay with it. I guess now hearing you say that, I guess another thing that they're doing here is they're, I mean, maybe they won't be doing this, but are they going to print dinosaurs and pirates and all the rest of the sets? Um, I don't know, but you know what? I, I feel like this set introducing new tribes and like dinosaurs and pirates on a one or two of basis, basis across all of Magic exist or have existed yeah but now is the first time by and large that we're seeing them um do you think they're overdoing it in what will eventually end up being one or two sets before they f off for a couple years right do, do you think like we've got the pump one we've got the cost cheaper one we've got the mana untap one we've got a bunch of ones in between mana costs like three and eight or nine do, do you, like i'm comparing dinosaurs Essentially, they're a three-color tribe. Yep. Um, we've nice. got we've got a lord. We've got a mana dork. We've got a cost-reducing one. You got a card draw. Compared to soldiers, game? zombies, goblins, elves, ones that have existed forever. Um, of course, all of those tribes are far more deep. Are we deep enough on dinosaurs to build a good deck yet? Like like no. a legit deck? No, I think that we're deep enough to build a fun deck. I think so. I think that we definitely like if you were to play just the dinosaurs now with pyrohemia you could do some insanely broken stuff yeah like you could break games way open just by playing the stuff that we've talked about just yeah with, with that new ability they've got where every time they take damage you're doing something cool you could draw like 10 cards do 10 da do 40 damage and do all kinds of yep. find six basic land out of your thing it, there's really good ones and there's enough of them that you could definitely theme a dinosaur deck but you're also going to be playing some suboptimal cards in there. You know what I feel like just listening to you describe that deck? It's, okay, all of the good dinosaurs cost, you know, 5 plus mana. And everything that you need to get to 5 plus mana is going to be a ramp spell. So yep. it's going to be ramp, 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 dinosaur, 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 dinosaur. Yep. When we talked last week about how uh, edhrec.com eliminates decks that are exactly the same. Oh, yeah. If they eliminated decks where the core skeleton is exactly the same that would eliminate every dinosaur deck because they're all going to do the exact same thing. Yeah, and I think that's partly a byproduct of um, only having, you know, 20 or 30 dinosaurs right exactly, now. Exactly. As opposed gave, to having 500 zombies. Yeah, they gave us a super sweet dinosaur pool, but only one dinosaur deck. And but only, it is ultimately one dinosaur pool. Exactly. Right? And the, I mean, some of those dinosaurs are going to find homes in other decks for sure, but if you're going to build dinosaur dot deck, they printed you a That's, commander that has a really nice ring to it dinosaur dot deck yes it does i like that right doesn't triple it? d because you've been waiting for it for so long to just yep. play dinosaurs dot deck of course i'm not going to use the whatever the hell that dinosaur is because i have grimlock oh yeah that guy's going to be in there though oh yeah he's totally going to be in there yeah. yeah all the cards we just talked about going in grimlock along with all going the in grimlock yeah Going in Grimlock and Dinosaur Not Deck. That's Boom. gonna be episode like twenty nine or whatever, whenever all the you get all the cards. It's gonna be super great. <laughs> it's gonna be so cool. Excellent. That was a side we, we tried to jump right into what we're talking about today, yeah. but we we decided into yeah. that. Every so often even we get excited about spoilers and new sets. And while we've decided not to do spoiler discussion too much, I think that 
that oh, is I very think, important. I think we're we're excited every single set. We just don't want to be doing the same thing every other cast is doing, right? Exactly. Because yeah. we got you do come something. here to hear about fresh, spicy, and interesting. Exactly. Yeah. Not well. I guess we're always interesting. And f bombs. Awesome. Yes, we drop the f bomb, which not a lot of podcasts do, apparently. Uh, so sorry, censors or parents, if you're letting your seven year olds listen to this to learn how to ooh, talk. You sounded like Eminem. Boom. <laughs> what are we talking about today? We're talking about Damia Sage of Stone. Give her a read. I will give Damia Sage of Stone a read. She has a 4-4 four, four for 7. Uh, that 7 is broken down as such. Black, blue, green, 4. Damia Sage of Stone is a legendary creature. Gorgon Wizard with Death Touch. Love Death Touch. Skip your draw step. Don't love skipping my draw step. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you have fewer than 7 cards in hand, draw cards equal to the difference. Oh, my. Ooh, so if you have zero cards in hand, you draw seven. Yes. And this seems like a deck that yeah, maybe you might have zero cards in your hand every turn. <laughs> <laughs> Weird that. But, yes, there's a there's a thing. Now, we don't play one with nothing, which I'm a little disappointed by. Um. Well, I suppose it could go in the deck. Because it's not every day you get to play a serum powder in EDH. I'm not going to talk about what Serum Powder does, but it basically gives you a free mulligan if your yep. group plays with actual mulligan rules. One with nothing if you have Damia is kind of like a mid-game mulligan. Mid-game mulligan. Yeah. yeah. I love that alliteration today. Yeah, jeez. Rocking it. Um, all right, so what are we doing with Damia? What, how is this going to be unexpected at yeah, all? Why is Damia the fourth most popular Soul Tie commander yeah. We're playing on Soul Tie good stuff. Yeah. Okay, so I'm sitting down. I've got Damia and 99 upside down. What do you think? Sultai good stuff. Sultai good stuff. Is there any theme that you can think of? Gorgon tribal? Is that a thing? No. It could be. We could be le- that, yeah, we could do Gorgon tribal. We could, but it would certainly be less of a deck than dinosaur tribal. Oh, hell yeah. And it would start, the mana curve would start at like nine. Yeah. Because Gorgons cost so much damn money. Yeah. Not money, mana. Mana. They are cheap as hell because they suck. <laughs> yeah, except for Damia. She's actually expensive. But yeah, yeah. why? Because she draws you seven cards. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's why. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, not why we're talking about her, though. We are talking about her because we are making a Relentless Rats deck. A what? Yes. A what? Relentless Rats. So Relentless Rat is a star star. He is not a star star. Oh, he's a 2-2. Two, two. That's right. Relentless Rats is a 2-2 two, two rat for black, black, one. Relentless Rats gets plus one, plus one for each other creature on the battlefield named Relentless Rat. Now, what the hell good is that in EDH? <laughs> Little ditty at the bottom says, a deck can have any number of cards named Relentless Rats. Uh-oh. Now, if that is still to be expected, okay, they're using Damia to do Relentless Rats. This is a Relentless Rats combo deck. Boom. It's not going to... Take gonna... that, all y'all haters. Sorry for cutting you off, but F y'all haters. <laughs> so um, we're going to go through the, the, the recipe and, and the, the actual kind of makeup of the deck, and then we're going to go into some individual cards, much like we do when we tech a deck, and we're going to go through and talk about some of these... Super sweet interactions. Weird, funny interactions, yeah, and how the whole deck is built up to be a combo deck, and then an auxiliary win where you can attack for the win instead of yeah. comboing. You smash faces with the Relentless Rats. Yep. So, creatures, 41, and 27 of them are Relentless Rats. Yes. That number is important, and we'll get into that in a bit. Yeah, and also, um, I've never built a Relentless Rats deck before. I know you had one. Yeah, I had one. And I know that, just from going online, 
Uh, you you want to play, you know, 25, 27, 35. I've seen one deck that had 40 Relentless Rats. Too I many. think that that's too many. Yeah, 40 Relentless Rats is too many. Yeah, maybe if you're making a Relentless Rats proper deck. Um, that's too many for Relentless Rats. Really? Too. Still it's too, too much. It's too okay, many. Okay, so um, Thrumming Stone is a card here I want to get into real quick just so we don't have to cover it later because it is in here. Um, yeah, Brando's going to give it a read here. Yeah. Thrumming Stone is an artifact for five. Spells you control have Ripple 4. Now, for everybody who's been playing Magic for not very long, doesn't know what Ripple is. It's an ability from Cold Snap? Yep. What Ripple is, is when you play a spell, you may remove the top X, in this case four, cards of your library from the game, and you may play any of the revealed cards as long as they share a name with the spell you played. So you play Relentless Rats, flip four, any Relentless Rats, play them again, and then keep doing that until you don't hit anything. So you can see how you could just cycle through your whole deck. Yeah. And, and the cards you don't play get put on the bottom of your library. Yeah. So you want to play 25 rats minimum because when you flip four, you're going to hit... Yeah, mathematically says, math, mathematically speaking, you're going to get a rat as long as a quarter of your deck is rats. Yeah. In, in theory. Yeah. So that's your safe number. So I play 27. That's the low end. Thrumming Stone's still in there because it does get you almost an instant win if you've got a haste enabler yep. or a trample enabler or something to make you know you got 27 rats they're all 29 29s with trample or haste you're gonna probably win that yeah, you, turn yeah you're probably gonna win with <laughs> yeah. that many dudes yes yeah so yeah it's in there yeah it's not very expected or spicy but you know what thrumming stone and relentless rats aren't in the stock list on damia on edhrec.com which immediately makes it super spicy yeah so um moving on instance one. <laughs> one. Yeah. What is that one? One is calling the weak. So it is black, instant, sacrifice a creature, add black, 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 black to your mana pool. It's nice. a it's a combo enabler. It's a ritual. And you know what? Your creatures you're going to find are very disposable in this deck because you're going to be able to play them at will from your hand or your graveyard. Which is very good. Yep. So um, sorceries, six sorceries. And those are your wraths and your graveyard filler-uppers, and your graveyard getter-backers. I like that. Yeah. Well said. I like yeah, that. Yeah, so we, we so play Black Sun Zenith. Zenith? Zenith? Zenith. It's an X Wrath spell, right? Yep, puts X minus one minus one counters on creatures, all yeah. of them. and you just make X less than your rats are big, so they don't die. Yeah, and I mean, your rats will be small then, but... They'll, they'll still be... get bigger as you play more. Yeah, and they're the only thing left, so... There's that. Yeah. And then the other one is Toxic Deluge. Toxic um, Deluge is the, uh, what is it? Sorcery. Black. Two. As an additional cost to play Toxic Deluge, pay X life. All creatures get minus X, minus X on the turn. Yeah. So same thing. You're you're doing a chosen amount of minuses so your rats live, everything else dies. Yeah. Toxic Deluge is probably the best black wrath. It also eradicates indestructible things and yep. lots of other stuff that black typically has a tough time getting rid of yeah we like that card for sure yes we do um okay and then the other ones in the sorcery category are going to be your living death that gets all your creatures from the graveyard switches them with all the creatures in play could also be used as a wrath in yep. a pinch yep um could also be used as um getting all your rats back yeah mm -hmm. which is important because in a lot of the cases which is one of the reasons why it took my marinar slash relentless rats deck apart was because you rats have a billion rats you get wrathed. Now you have zero rats. You're not going to get any more rats. Because they're all in your graveyard. Yeah, and you're effed now. So 
Um, yeah, black has ways to do with that or deal with that. That is the living death. That is, I think, new CCO staple, Twilight's Call. Yeah, I've, I've been talking about that deck or card almost every week. Black, black, four. Uh, each player returns all creature cards from their graveyard into the battlefield. And you can pay two extra to do it at instant speed. So you could definitely do that at the end of your opponent's turn, ordering opponent's combat step to make giant blockers that you can use to... Yep, for sure. And then the last one, or the last two, I'll read them both because they're both important. We've got um, Praetor's Council. Yep, Praetor's Council. You want me to do this one? It's got a lot of text on it. Oh, yeah, I can't see from here. Okay, Praetor's Council is a sorcery for green, 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 five. Uh, Return all cards from your graveyard to your hand. Exile Praetor's Council. You have no maximum hand size for the rest of the game. So, from graveyard back to hand. We'll talk about why that's important in a sec. But sure first, will. we'll look at Morality Shift. I love this guy, too. Morality Shift is a sorcery for black, black, five. Exchange your graveyard and your library. Just Then shuffle your library. Just reverse them. Yep. Boof! Bang. Yep. So, you got ten cards in your graveyard by the time you have eight, seven mana. And, you know, 80, 70-some, 80 in your library. Switch them. I like it. Yep. Snap CCO survey. <gasps> That's not really alliteration, but it sounds like it was. If somebody can come up with a way of morality shifting reliably on turn one or two, I want to hear it because I want to put it in my Sadisi sneak attack deck so that oh I can. Oh my God, by one or two? Yes. So if yeah, a, I'm sure you There's can a way it. of doing it, and somebody out there knows it, and I want somebody to tell it to me so I know it, so I can play it. Yep. Yep, so if you got that, hit us up it on would Commander Cookout. It would certainly Gmail. involve big artifact mana, and it would certainly need probably assistance from blue. I know that there's infinite blue mana combos on, like, turn two. F.U. Joel, you probably know how to do this. Yeah, so if F.U. Joel's listening, which he probably is, let me know. Yep. Anyway, so that's an aside. Let's keep going here. Okay, artifacts, nine. And I want to talk specifically about Bontu's Monument. Those monuments are so good. Yeah, because black creature spells cost one less to cast. And whenever you cast a uh, creature spell, each opponent loses a life and you gain a life. Very good. Key card here because A, it makes things cost less, and B, you get a benefit from casting them. Yes. And so if you're going to say Thrumming Stone, your Relentless Rats, that's all casting. So for two, you cast 27 things. Drain 27. Oh, that's so sick. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Okay, super sweet. Yeah, like that's super good. And that's just the baseline thing. That's not even what Ryan was thinking. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Okay, so moving down the list of artifacts here, we've got uh, a Commander Sphere, some Signets, a Mirage Mirror, just for added bonus wherever you need it. The next important one after Thrumming Stone would be Phyrexian Altar. So it's an artifact for three, sack a creature, get a mana of any color. Is that how much they cost now? And it's $35 now. 35 American? That's like $36,000 Canadian. At least that much. You could buy a few cars. That's almost as much money as there are actual Atraxa lists out there. There's yeah. 37 <laughs> Atraxa lists out there, but since EDH Rex deletes duplicates. So um, that's another little combo enabler when, uh, when we get into the creatures. We'll talk about that again. Uh, lands, 35. It's combo deck. I'm still tweaking and tuning. I don't know if that's the right number. And specifically, the deck is fairly black heavy because the rats take black black to cast if you were going to legit cast them. But you also have cards in here that cost two blue or three green. Um, so I'm still working on that without spending $10,000 on a mana base because I'm not actually running any of the duels in here. Um, we're, not doing, we're not doing the three duels, three shock, three fetch, three filter. No, because I might actually build this deck in real life. 
boom. Yeah. Right now, zero tutors. Again, just for budget, just for spiciness, because you guys are going to hear that this is actually uh, not counting episode three where we made a mistake on the spicy calculator. This is the spiciest deck we've ever built. Boom. Yeah. I like it. Yep. So I have a question I got to ask, because I think that there might be people out there who have listened to our spiciness formula episode who are curious about this. Our spicy formula always assumes that there is one tutor. So in a deck, you can include one tutor without decreasing the spiciness. Yeah. Like Norin last week. Yes. Had one tutor. That's important to, to note. So if you're thinking, oh, I really want to impress the CCO guys, I can't play any tutors. You can play one. Yeah, that's Again, okay. You could put Demonic Tutor in here and it wouldn't. If you really want to impress us, put it like a Grim Tutor or uh, a Cruel Tutor or an Imperial Seal. Or a Booster Tutor. Oh, yeah, Booster Tutor. I won one of those one time. Yes. Yes, or Imperial Recruiter. Those tutors would impress me greatly. Yes, if you want to show that you have a bunch of money, then do it. Booster yeah. Tutor actually would impress us because that means you've got to buy a new pack for every time you want to play it. <laughs> yes, and that's so great. excellent. Yeah. Okay, card draw. Counting Oracle of Moldiah and Vizier of the Menagerie. So both of those let you play with your top of your library revealed. Yep. And if Oracle is out and the top card of your library is a land, you can play it. And you can play an additional land. Nice. Vizier does the same thing except with creatures. Except with Vizier, you don't have to actually reveal it. Vizier, uh, you can oh, look yeah. at it. You know what? Let's give Vizier of the Menagerie a read because it's new. Okay, Vizier of the Menagerie is a 3-4 four for 4. One of those 4 is green. You may look at the top card of your library. You may cast the top card of your library if it's a creature card. You may spend mana as though it were any color to cast creature spells. Any type to cast. Any type. So if you're, uh, if you're playing an Eldrazi that specifically asks for colorless mana, you can oh. use a colored mana. Oh, Ooh. that's nice. Yeah. I like that. So Vizier is very good. Um, with those two cards, I'm counting them as card draw because you can look at the top card of your library and and get it. As if it's in your hand. Yeah. And Vizier, as long as you have mana available to keep casting creatures, if you got creatures on top, they all go into play. That's rats sound. Yes. That's what sound they make. That's actually what they sound kind of like on Atari. You play an Atari game and the rats come Or Or like a rodent skittering across a floor. That is also what they sound like. That's kind of what they sound like. I used to work at a place that was infested with mice, and that is what they sounded like. It was gross. Gross. High tech on 20th? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yep. Also, rats love Arby's. If you ever want to keep mice or rats away from you, just put some Arby's in a garbage can far away, and they'll just swarm that shit forever. <laughs> Pro tip. Yeah. Okay. Targeted removal. None. Doesn't care, because combo doesn't care about what you're doing. It only nope. cares about what it's doing, as per episode 11. Yes. Yes. Uh, mass removal. Two. 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 Yeah. Well, th- I think we could up it to three if you include... Living Death, which I think you should. Okay, yeah, three. Because you could definitely use Living Death to... Yeah, I like that. We got Black Sun, we got Living Death, and we got... Um... Toxic Deluge. Yeah, that's right. My notes said one by accident. Whoops. <laughs> Ramp Spells, six. And I I think that that's enough, but I'm not sure. And those are like Creature Ramp, Courser of Crew Fix that lets you play an extra land, Oracle that lets you play an extra land... And mana, dork slash rocks. Corsair of Crufix doesn't let you play an extra land. You're thinking oh, of Prophet of Crufix, that one that's banned. Yes, yeah, sorry, yeah. Um, Corsair of Crufix says play with the top card of your library revealed. You may cast it if it's a land. Yeah. Where, yeah, where do you put that then? Is It's not a ramp card. No, but I it, wouldn't. Yeah, I would maybe just 
tick down the ramp spells. You know why it's in there? It's certainly in there so you can get that top card of your la library, if it's a land, off the top. Out of the way. Yeah, because if you got Vizier, you want it to be a creature. Yep. Right? And there's a good chance it's going to be a creature because we're playing 40. Very much so. Mana rocks, mana dorks, 6.5. I put 0.5 because Mirage Mirror could be a anything. No, I it, like that. it could literally be anything that you want it to be. I like that. Yeah, so like most of the time, I think I'd like it to be either a, some kind of mana rock. Lots of the times, I'd like it to be a Bantu's monument, just so you can speed up your kill if that's the way that you're going to kill somebody. And Mirage Mirror, three mana, you can pay three, or you can pay two as an artifact. Mirage Mirror becomes a copy of target artifact, creature, enchantment, or land until end of turn. So, I mean, if you're kind of going to beat wholesale ass, you could copy somebody's Gaia's Cradle. Yeah. Yeah. Or that new Gaia's Cradle from... Ixalan. Ixalan. The one that transforms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that. Or if I didn't care about budget, because I just cut my uh, Gaia's Cradle from Animar, I could put it into this deck if I build it. Ooh, that would be so sick. That'd be pretty good, yeah. It's yeah. kind of overkill, though, because once you got all those rats, you don't really need all that mana anymore. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, especially with um, Phyrexian Altar, you just sacrifice them. I'm going to say also, get your Mirage Mirrors. If you're an EDH player, get your Mirage Mirrors. Yeah. I think that their, their price is probably start going to start going up. They're 3 bucks now. Uh, if you live in Canada, that's 9 bucks. Yep. Uh, so get one, get 90. two, get three. What you meant was 90. Yes, that is what I meant. <laughs> uh, and play them, because they're a sweet utility card. They can go in any deck. Like even if you're just oh I need one extra card you're never gonna be sad that you put a mirage mirror in as that yeah and hundredth card you know what I mean five mana investment before it becomes a thing and it loses that ability it doesn't say it becomes an artifact creature land and gains this ability it loses that ability but it's ultimately the best. Ver, or it's the best thing on the field at any one time right yeah. it's also only until end of turn oh yeah shit you can do it, it is. every turn yeah like you can't do it turn it into a land. Let's say, here we go, turn it into a Gaia's Cradle, tap it for a whole bunch, and then turn it into a Kamal Fist of Karosa, and then use all that mana you just made with it to overrun all your guys to kill everybody. That's probably why it does that till end of turn, and doesn't gain that ability, so you can copy over and over again with it. Uh, could you respond to the copy? By copying again? Yep. I think that you can, that's why it's good. Yeah, you could. So you can actually do that. Yep. There's why you get your Mirage Mirrors, kids. Yep. Guys, Cradle, Kamal, Fist of Krosa into beat wholesale ass with your guys. So, we're talking about individual cards. We've got the recipe kind of out of the way. We talked about it being a combo deck. Let's get into that. What, what are some of the combo cards here? Okay, so we, of course, are playing 27 rats, and the rats all get bigger when they come into play. Yes. We're playing a few notable combo includes, um, like Bantu's Monument, like Phyrexian Altar, but we're also playing a couple, and we did we used one a couple weeks ago in our no internet list, Null Perfusion. So Null Perfusion and its green buddy, Recycle, say your hand size is reduced to two. Whenever you, whenever you play a spell, draw a card. You also skip your draw phase. You skip your draw phase, but it doesn't matter because you're already drawing seven from Damia. Right. So if your hand is empty from playing everything you fill it back up anyways. Or if you have to discard down to two at the end of your turn because you can't finish the combo with Recycle or Null Perfusion, you draw back up to seven on your next turn, right? Very good. So they cost six, they're pricey, but that's why there's like 12 different ramp things in there, right? Also with both of them, you have redundancy, which is nice. Yeah. So play a spell, draw a card. And there's a little ditty called Allurin in there. And Allurin is an enchantment for four. You can play creatures with converted mana cost three or nothing for free. 
Each player can do that. So there's there's the disadvantages. Anybody can do that. But rats cost three. So if you have a Lurin and Recycle or a Lurin and Null Perfusion out, you can do your whole deck as long as you've got a creature with three or con three or less converted mana cost. And if you've got a Vizier up there too, you can get If the you've got Vizier and Oracle of Moldiah and Corsair of Crufix, and if you have the budget, Azusa Lost But Seeking that lets you play extra lands, I put exploration i put uh burgeoning in there so you can cycle off those or get rid of the lands on top of your decks you have vizier you can always play the top card of your library right you always play from the top the top the top the top the top the top until you have something screwy on the top you drop a rat from your hand right to draw that card that's on top theoretically with 40 creatures you should have something else that you can play in there yes on the top Right. Very good. And most of the, I think most of, I guess not a lot of, most of the creatures, but like the other creatures that aren't rats, a lot of them also cost three or less, I think. A lot of them do. Now, a couple of them are combo enablers, like a little guy called um, Scourge Familiar. It we talked is, about him earlier, or in an earlier show. Yeah. Discard a card, add black to your mana pool. So he's free mana, and that black, of course, is used to pay for rats. And remember, whenever you discard a card, it doesn't really matter that much because you've got three things that get creatures back in mass from your graveyard right and you also have damia to fill your hand up next turn correct but i want to go back to Aluren because there is some redundancy with Aluren in dream halls very powerful card again any player can do this but it's an enchantment for five that lets you discard a card to cast another card with the same color that's the same color so you could chuck a rat to play a rat exactly or you chuck any other black thing in the deck to play a rat. Now here's the downside to Dream Halls and EDH, because I'm sure people hear that and they go, why, I'm, I'm doing that. And you, they just snap include that because their deck has blue in it and they're going to play big things. I'm going to play big things. Your opponents are going to play big things too. They could chuck anything and drop a Bogenitus on your head. They can chuck anything to play their commander now. They can throw any card in their deck to play their commander. They can do all sorts of things. So this Dream Halls is a little risky if you're playing against another combo deck especially, or a deck maybe that has been suppressed a little bit in the game, like if I could play Dream Halls in Krenko, Krenko would be a lot more insane than he yeah. already is. So you'd be careful of Dream Halls. Dream Halls. Again, though, in a combo deck, you you care less about what other people are doing because you are going to try and force it through, right? The other card that is going to add a little bit of redundancy I forgot to mention with Null Profusion and Explore is Zendikar Resurgent. It costs one more mana. Uh, it costs seven. Whenever a whenever you tap a land for mana, it adds another one, so it's a mana doubler. But it's also whenever you cast a creature spell, draw a card. Very good. So theoretically, between Allurin, Dream Halls, Null Profusion, Recycle, Zendikar Resurgent, you have... There's five ways that you can draw, play, draw, play, draw, play, draw, play, draw, play, mostly for free. Now, if you're running out of mana, if you don't have like um, Allurin? Allurin or Dream Halls or Zendikar Resurgent, you could sacrifice your rats to Phyrexian Altar with Machaeus the Unhallowed in play. And um, Machaeus, let's give him a read because he's a he's a he's a He's a, He's a piece of shit, and he costs $26. Really? Yeah. I have a foil Japanese one that I've been trying to get rid of for so long. Dude, I want it for... Oh, I want that card so bad. Well, then trade me a regular foil one for it, because I want it too, but I don't know what he does. So let's <laughs> read what he let's, does. Let's give him a read. Maybe you'll know. He's a 5-5 five, five for 6, 
Three of those six are hard black. He's a legendary zombie cleric with Intimidate. Whenever a human deals damage to you, destroy it. Ta! Other non-human creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and have Undying. And Undying is when they die, they come back into play with a plus one, plus one counter on them, unless they died with a plus one, plus one counter on them. You could sacrifice your rat to Phyrexian Altar. It immediately comes back bigger, and you can sacrifice it again. Yes. It stays in your graveyard at that point, but you've just made two mana. Two mana for one guy. Yeah. And if you have a Bontu's Monument in play, your rats now cost one less, and you just cast them for black, black. And this is part of the thing that I, I need a little bit of help with is, do I also put Helm of Awakening in there? Because that makes all spells for everybody cost one less. It's very beneficial for your rats to only cost black, black. I would say no in this particular deck. Like you're, I know that it's a combo deck and you care less about what they're doing, but you're... At some point, you got to say, okay, this is going to be too good for you. Yeah, if you're giving them Dream Halls and you're giving them Alluren and you're giving them Helm of Obedience, now you're, you're group hugging a little too much in a deck like this. Okay, I, I, I'm yeah. down with that. Yeah. Now, if you say. do decide to Machaeus all your rats twice into the graveyard to generate all this mana, let's call it 50 mana, 30 mana, whatever, right? You could Exsanguinate. Yep. That would work. Exanguinate is Black. every creature loses, every player loses X life, except you, and then you gain all that life. Yeah. Each opponent take or loses X life, you gain life, you go to the life lost this way. Super And it's good. X. It's a hell so, of a finisher in black. That's cool. You could, uh, with all these rats in your graveyard, cost or cast one of the um, aforementioned graveyard getter backer cards, yep. which includes Balthor the Defiled. He's in the creature section. That's why we didn't read him before. He costs four. You pay three, sack him, and you get all the black and red creatures from your graveyard back onto the battlefield. Well, each player gets that, but at that point, who cares? Because you're getting big, 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 bigs. And the thing that we haven't mentioned yet about getting all your creatures back from the graveyard is we are playing um, Grey Merchant of Asphodel. Yes, that's your boy. That's your... I don't want to say it's your go-to finisher, but, but that he's is... he's certainly awesome. Brando's going to give him a read because he's good too. He is a 2-4 for 5, two of which are hard black. When Grey Merchant of Asphodel enters the battlefield, each opponent loses X life, where X is your devotion to black, and you gain life equal to life lost this way. So, who cares about the life, just like in, in, in Exsanguinate? You're playing him because when he enters the battlefield, he looks at all the black pips on all your rats that have that were in the graveyard, and then he deals damage to everybody. Yeah. So you got 27. That's two black pips per rat. That's 54. Four. Plus his, 56. 56 black pips, plus whatever else you got in play. Everybody lose 56. Yeah, and then you then you end up gaining like 160 or whatever. Yeah, let's right? say somebody's playing the life gain dot deck. You just out-life gain the life deck, and you've got a bunch of giant, giant dudes that are probably just going to bash their skull in the next yep. turn. So you can do that with Grey Merchant. You can do that with Exsanguinate, which I think I actually have to add to the deck. I don't think it's in there right now. It is not. But I have to add it. The point is, you can do it all for free or on a discount, and if you have Machaeus and the uh, Phyrexian Altar, you can do it all from your graveyard. The other thing that I want to mention, and it doesn't get any EDH love or very little is Blood Bond March. It's one of the other very, very powerful enchantments in here. So for green, black, two enchantment, whenever a creature is played or whenever it enters the battlefield, 
Uh, each player returns all cards with the same name as that spell from his or her graveyard to play. Now, why would that see any, any play in EDH? Yeah. Why would Unless it? you're playing rats. Exactly. And it adds to the unexpectedness of the deck because rats are typically, when you go on edhrec.com and search for relentless rats, you're mostly going to find mono black cards, mono black decks. Yes. Right? You're not going to find your blood bond marches, your recycles. You're not going to find your Zendikar resurgence alongside relentless yeah. rats. All these great things that you would want to play with relentless rats. Yes. The last card that I really want to touch on before we get into a little bit of how the deck plays and the strengths and weaknesses is a little ditty called Sphinx of the Chimes. This was actually the inspiration for the deck years ago when it was first printed in uh, Return to Ravnica block. I think that is Return to Ravnica, isn't it? Whatever, doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't give a crap about yeah. stupid Return to Ravnica. Um, Sphinx of the Chimes is a 5-6 flyer for blue-blue 4 Sphinx, and it says, discard two non-land cards with the same name. Draw four cards. Now, how would that ever fit into a deck like this? Four cards! Essentially, you have your rats, you discard them, you draw four. You yeah. discard two rats, you draw four. Discard, draw four. And if you happen to draw into, like, um, Scourge Familiar, you yeah. play your Scourge Familiar and just dump the rest of the cards that don't have matching names to generate a huge amount of black mana, again, for Exanguinate or yeah. for uh, Twilight's Call or what have you, to get all of the rats you discarded back. You could also use that black mana once you have all your rats back. If you don't have Exanguinate or Grey Merchant, you could play Chroma's Memorial. Yes. Give them all haste. Acromas Memorial. Should we read Acromas Memorial? Absolutely. Everybody should it. own an Acromas Memorial. Have it in their life. It's an artifact for seven. Not really on budget. It's 17 bucks American. So it's $200 Canadian. At least. Creatures you control have. <laughs> Flying, First Strike, Vigilance, Trample, Haste, Pro Black, Pro Red. Wow. Yep. It basically makes your rats into Acromas, except bigger. Because giant Acromas. Giant black rat flying Acromas. So good. So the the point there is they have haste and they have flying. Or to, you know what? They have haste because yeah, haste every, everything else is going to give them evasion enough. Haste gets them through before you get wrath. Yes. Yep. Haste, haste is faster than go wrath. And uh, there's a couple other things that are a little bit of a, a loose include, I think, like Ogre Slumlord or um, there's also... Pack rats, just kind of on theme rat cards. The things that just get you rats. Yeah. Like you could have played Marinar or two. It makes rats get bigger and they have fear. Like you could have played some tribal rat stuff. Yeah. But I think the other rat tribal cards are the first cuts. And there's also a little guy called uh, Stampede Driver. And this is kind of cool because you actually have to discard a card. He's from Nemesis. He's one of those spell shapers yep. that you discard a card to give you a different spell that's stapled to a creature. Cool design. But he's a 1-1 one, one for 1. You pay green and 1, tap him, discard a card, which doesn't matter. Creatures you control get plus 1, plus 1, and gain trample. Super Ooh. important because it's reusable trample and pump. And discard. If and you really discard. want to get your cards out of your hand. Yeah, if you really if you really want to discard and you only have like a couple rats, you can give them trample to get something into your yeah. graveyard. And if you've got Damia, Damia will show you that many more cards you can dig for that yeah. piece. If you really need that Aluren, you can you, chuck it You know what happened those. in playtesting one time? Because it's a three-color deck with not a $1,000 mana base, I had a Sphinx of the Chimes in my hand, discarded it to Stampede Driver, and I, I had black, black, but I didn't have blue, blue. So I black, black for Twilight's Call, my Sphinx of the Chimes back into play 
and then started discarding rats and I didn't have blue blue even to play the Sphinx of the Chimes. Nice. So you can do that kind of stuff when you have discard just stapled to a creature or stapled to uh, a card somewhere. That's why Bontu the Glorified's in there as well. Nice. Yep. Spell Shaper is a thing from Mercadian Masks, by the way, which was another one of my favorite sets Yes. in Magic. The whole Masks cool. block had a whole bunch of these different Spell Shaper guys, and then they redid them in um, Time Spiral block as well. Yep. yep. Very cool. I like that a lot. Yep. So um, I guess the, the main point of the deck is fill up something after playing Damia, right? So Damia is kind of priority number one yes. because as soon as you fill up your graveyard, you're going to have no hand. Or as soon as you fill up your battlefield, you're going to have no graveyard. There's, there's always jostling between hand, graveyard, battlefield. Something's going to be empty. So it's always just a struggle to whatever's empty, work at filling it up. Yes. And Damia is certainly going to help you do that in your hand. So she, I think, should be priority number one. But you got to be a little bit careful because she costs seven. That's one of the weaknesses I have outlined, actually. Yes, commanders that cost... Commanders that your deck relies on and this deck doesn't rely on it super lots but a lot of the stuff we're talking about kind of relies on having Damia in play like we're just assuming that we've played Damia already yeah in a lot of cases here's here's um, an interesting thing harkens back to what we talked about at the front half of the episode is if Damia was printed today I still think she'd be salty given the same stats and ability and blah 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 yep I think that she would cost like five though definitely Definitely. Yeah. They would lower her converted mana cost so that people can feel good about playing Damia. Yeah. That would happen. And she would see more play. She would be way more powerful. I, I don't like the current trend that we're going in with, with legendary creatures having such unique abilities. I just want them to have like normal card abilities. Maybe just more of them. Like instead of being flying trample, it could be flying trample hexproof or something like that where they... Oh, I hate hexproof though. I do too. I'm just using it as an example. Yeah, yeah okay. Like, I mean, that's a thing that legendary creatures could I, do. They all they don't they don't all need to do crazy stuff like. Oh, they don't need crazy things. abilities. They need evergreen abilities. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I that's get what something you're that I think. I mean, just legendary creatures could just be really good creatures as opposed to crazy yeah. game busting. Would effects. we see a uh, resurgence or or an up an increase in Voltron commanders if we just saw really good efficient commanders? Definitely. Right? When you look at the Acroma creatures, there's a red one and a white one. There's seven sevens with six sixes. Six sixes with all the Acroma's memorial abilities, flying, first strike, trample, vigilance, haste. The, the red one's a lot crappier. Like it's got haste and fire breathing and Doesn't Acroma pro- cost like a thousand mana though? Yeah. If she was printed today, do you think she'd still be a what is it six six? She'd be a six. She's a six six for eight. Would she be a four four and cost like four with all those abilities? Probably. Yeah, just like, evergreen abilities don't matter anymore. Yeah, I I hate that. Evergreen abilities make the rarity go up. Crazy abilities like this might make the mana cost go up. Yeah, and no, I I don't know if they do. And and here's the thing: Damia has death touch. Did they just staple on death touch because they wanted her to cost seven? Could she have costed six or five if she didn't have death touch? Because the death touch doesn't actually matter. No, she has death touch because she's a gorgon. Yeah, but I don't know why they made her. Well, they made her a gorgon because she looks like a gorgon. Make her something other than a gorgon. Remove the death touch. Make her cost five or six. Make her a three three. Reduce the mana cost. Take off the death touch. Reduce the mana cost. Remove the wizard creature type. R- reduce the mana cost. Yeah. Right? I don't know. That's my aside about Dami. I wish that she was printed now instead of in 2011. Yeah, when she costs um, seven. But I mean, costing seven, is it takes this card that's broken at five and makes yeah. it balanced at you seven. You know what? Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm just a little bit PO'd and biased because I'm building a combo deck that I want to win ASAP 
but the general is the top of the curve at seven. Yeah, like <laughs> one of the terrible. one of the main pieces, the backbone is at seven. But yeah. I mean, you can win before you even hit seven mana with this deck. You can do it. Oh yeah, I suppose. And you know what? The other thing too, Ark of the Unexpected. You put your Damia down and you put your rats or your 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 deck face down. It's like, uh, what do you do? And you, nobody knows what you're actually doing because they're expecting a not rats combo deck. Exactly. Right? And then you cast Damia and win. On turn seven or eight. We keep calling it a combo deck that doesn't win by attacking with dudes. So does that mean the Exanguinate that isn't in here and the Grey Merchant is your finisher? Um, It has three finishers now that a Chroma's Memorial's in it. Right. Exanguinate, Grey Merchant, or attacking with dudes. It's infinite draw into that one card that just... The yeah. end. That's what we're doing. It's I basically like it. infinite draw into Grey Merchant and go. Just in case anybody's been like, what's the, what's the not beat down with rats finisher in the deck? Yeah. Grey Merchant. Grey Merchant or Exanguinate. That's and Dacroma's sure. Memorial, which we added just before we started recording the episode. Yeah, I, I had Eldrazi Monument in there, but I forgot that gives an indestructible, not haste. Yeah, you want haste. Okay, strengths and weaknesses. I think we've kind of covered them, but uh, let's look at them anyways. Fun. Super fun Johnny Combo Player. You actually looked through the deck list and you were laughing at some of the includes because they're so atypical for yeah. Commander and not what you'd normally do with rats because everybody yeah. thinks mono black. Exactly. So it's it's a lot of fun to even look at it, like the list. I hadn't looked at it until this morning and then when I was looking at it real deep, I was like, oh man, this is so good. You know this what? Is so much the, fun. The, the closest analog to the rats deck is the um, Shadowborn Apostles, right. which lets you play any number of... Um, Creatures, apostles, yeah. but they're humans, so they don't work very well with Machaeus the Unhallowed. No, they don't because work at all. they don't they don't get uh, Undying. Right now, you could still play them, and they cost black one instead of black black one, so there's still potential there. Yeah, they don't get Definitely. big for each one. They find demons. You'd have to kind of switch the deck around a little bit so you could find some demons. But whatever. yeah, um, has two or three. Let's call it two strong ways to win. You've got yes. your Gray Merchant. You've got your um, exanguinate and you got your rats attacking and the, the way that it's built yeah. now there's a weakness to this deck and nobody plays this except maybe me so I'm going to drop some some deck tech oh on CCO tech black. earwig squad earwig squad earwig squad what the heck is that earwig squad is a goblin with prowl and it doesn't matter how big it is or how much it costs because it comes in for a prowl cost which is massively reduced I think it's black two search your opponent's library for three cards removed from the game oh that's like a jester's cap type effect right yes on a, on a guy. And I like to play that because of decks like this that work on the infinite draw principle, and you can just take out their win conditions. And then they can still beat you to death with rats, yeah. but they're not going to just play by themselves and kill you. That's right. That's so, one of the one of the things that we say on the show. Um, well, we used to say it a lot more than we say it now, but have multiple ways in your deck to win. Yes. Right? Yeah. I'm a combo deck, but I don't have to beat you with the combo. I can exactly. beat you with rats. Yeah, you have 100 right? cards, use them. Right. You have... Um, um, impact Tremors or Perforos combo in Cranko, but he'll just beat you with Goblins. Yes. Right? Exactly. Yeah. You got to have multiple ways to win. Yep. Because yep. people will eventually key into, I can play Slaughter Games to take your win condition out of the deck. Yeah. Because if, if Tier 1 Commander, looking at list of Tier 1 Commanders, they're all combo decks. All of them. And a lot of them win by playing that one card. And if you can get a Slaughter Game to or combo? something. Yeah, they probably They are. are. And you can just remove that one card. You know what? Pin's gone. You know what? Here's the thing, too. We're talking, uh, this is the third time we brought it up, Commander of Old versus Now. Yeah. Um, those Jester's cap or mask type effects where you, or uh, surgical extraction type effects yeah. where you search and eliminate or exile somebody else's thing directly from their library. 
have get, fallen by the wayside. And they are Nobody gonna, plays them anymore. Get them now because you're going to need them in the future if you're going to go play competitive commander. Nobody plays them. And they should. Anyways, CCO staples. CCO, I like that. Could cut the budget down. This deck could be a budget deck. We're looking at right now the way it's built, 356 bucks. Dang. That's, well, that's pretty close to Norn. There is some expensive cards in here. When you look at a Chroma's Memorial, Phyrexian Altar, Machaeus, there's some expensive stuff in here. You could crank up the budget quite a bit with duels and shocks and fetches and what have you, right, to really tune in that three-color mana base. But I don't know if you need it because you're drawing enough cards and there's three, at least three cards in there that let you play extra land in a turn or see extra land for you. And you could always add, like I said, Azusa Lost, but Seeking, she's super expensive, like 50 bucks or something. Yes. But I mean, you don't need her. The deck plays pretty good, at least gold fishing by itself, right? A significant ramp package um, can often ops offset a subpar mana base. If you I can think find so. a way of playing more basics or finding basics early in the game, you can usually kind of get around the fact that you don't have dual shocks. Fetches, yeah, I think so. Whatever. And we talked about that in the um, Fungatrax episode a couple weeks ago where we said we want the ramp to be at the one and two drop slot so you can start banging out Thalids on turn three yep. or Atraxa on turn three if you've ramped on turn one or two. Yes. Um, super important. So just keep that in mind when you're tuning your mana base or adding ramp cards. What do you want to play? When do you want to play it? Correct. That's what's going to dictate your ramp. Don't just put what you think is the best ramp spell in. Right? Don't get me wrong. Sometimes the best ramp spell is just the best goddamn ramp spell. Yeah, that's why it's the best right? ramp spell. That's why it's the best. But sometimes when you have a specific thing you want to play, um, you, you you need to pl yeah. uh, play ramp accordingly. Sometimes you just need to play that enchantment for one green that lets you play a land every time somebody else plays a land. Yep. Sometimes uh, just put that ex in. Exploration in the deck. Yep. Sometimes you just want to play that. Yep. Uh, oh, no. Exploration is extra like, land per turn. Yep. Uh, burgeoning is... Burgeoning. Whenever somebody plays a land, I play a land. Yeah, sometimes Could I play the that. land off the top of my deck with Oracle or Moldiah with that? You, could, you couldn't because Burging is land from your hand. Oracle Moldiah lets you... Um, play an additional... Play the land off of the top of your... Yeah, land. so you can't, but... That'd, that'd be, be cool if you could. That'd be cool if you could. That'd yeah, be great, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so weaknesses of the deck. Very color hungry. you got things, like I said before, rats are black, black. You've got Dammy that costs hard three different colors. You've got blue, blues, green, green, greens. It's all over the place. So yes. you do have to watch it, but I think we've beat that to death already. Yes. Um, tricky to pilot a deck like this. Yeah. If you sat down and picked this up for the first time and thumbed through it in four minutes before you played a game after you're two or three beer deep... You would have a hard time. You would or, eat a bag of dicks. Yeah, or if, if you somebody to... just said, "Hey, you want to play my Damia deck?" You're like, "Hell yeah, I do." And yeah, something good stuff, right? You'd be like, "What the, what, what?" And Blood would, Bond March. What the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> is exactly what they'd say. Those a bunch of dumbasses over at CCO doesn't run much removal. Does it require tuning to add more removal, or does it just not care? It's tricky because it is. A slower combo deck. And it depends on the so meta, right? A little and removal might help, but I think real game testing is required to tell that. I, Require, it, your play group is what will depend on. Yeah, and you know what else I think is if, if I can afford to play um, removal in there, do I just say F it and play tutors? <laughs> I think that because the deck is a little slower, I think that you could cut, say, the rat tribal stuff and the Lotleth troll. And oh, Lotleth troll lets you discard creature cards. Yes. Important. That's important, but you could cut maybe some of those and you could play some more just mass removal, damnation, decree of pain, mm. da 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 I, da, da, I, da. I got you. I said smell just, you're stepping in. Just to 
keep yourself alive a little. Just like uh, Norn from last week, where you just play them sweepers and get yeah. your crap out of the way. Cause... Yeah, because I got Graveyard Recursion, right? Exactly. Graveyard, get her backers. Exactly. <laughs> Very good. Um, just a side note, maybe Lotleth Troll there. How come more people don't play Lotleth Troll? He's a 1-1. One, one. He's a 2-1. He's a 2-1 for green-black, trample, discard a creature card, put a plus one, plus one on Lotleth Troll, black, regenerate. I think there's a lot of... Free discard. There's lots of graveyard get her backer stuff in EDH, but I feel like because you only have one copy of something and there's a lot of graveyard hate out there in EDH, play your graveyard hate kids. Mm -hmm. um, Especially if it's on a utility land. Exactly. Ah. There you go, And you never want to just discard something kind of willy-nilly that you're going to need later, just assuming you're going to get it back. Because somebody might just rest in PC and now you're screwed. Yeah. And so it's it's risky, and that's why I think more people don't play it. I like it. I like it in this deck because it's free creature discard. I'm playing Bantu, and he costs black one discard. Mm. And I, I play that. Lotleth yeah. Troll's better than that. It's true. Well, it, as far as just free discard goes, Bantu, you at least scry one and drain for one. Yeah, Bantu gives you a, a thing. Such an epic picture on Bantu. I love it. He's very good. He's so cool. Yes, he is. She. I think it's a she. Whatever. It. It's a giant crocodile. Like a jackal thing. Yeah. yeah. Um. Final weakness after it could be costly to tune. Run its course and make people salty. When you're playing a combo dot combo deck and it takes you 10 minutes to play it one turn and then eventually just win or worse, not fucking win. Those are the worst. Because <laughs> People this is just want to kill you. Because with a deck like this, you got to play it out. You can't just say, I win because you got to show it to them because there's variance. With Thrumming Stone, you could technically whiff three times in a row in Thrumming Stone and now you're swinging in the breeze looking like an asshole. Same thing with Bell Tower Sphinx. With all of these things, somebody could pack some removal in there and get rid of something that you needed or they could... Get rid of your graveyard at random yep. instant speed. At, at some point, for 20 somebody, minutes. somebody's going to go path to exile your Sphinx of the Chimes, and uh, you're going to say, oh, okay, in response, discard two, draw four, discard two, draw four, draw four, draw four, draw four, draw four, draw four, draw four. You can draw your whole deck, and then if you can't play something because you're one mana short, you're going to have no fun because you're going to have to scoop. Yep. Somebody else is going to have no, and everybody else is going to be like, oh my God, after all that, you can't even do anything. Okay. I can't believe you took house. 30 minutes yeah. to take, to get us to that point. And you got to do it. You got to play it out because yep. this isn't a, I win. <laughs> so that's the thing. You got to be aware of that. You got to know how your deck works. This is a deck. You got to know how it works. Practice. Practice your combo decks. Yes. So I guess we got to go into that kind of the part near the end of the show and we'll start off our cleanup step, if you will, with the card. card. Of the, of the week. Vizier of the Menagerie. Ooh. Oh, it's so good. It goes in this deck. It goes in Animar. It goes in a bunch of stuff that you have. I know. We'll give it a read one more time just uh, just so you remember what it is. Vizier of the Menagerie. Costs four, one of which is green. He's a 3-4. You may look at the top card of your, li of your library. You may cast the top card of your library. If it's a creature, you may spend mana as though it were any type of mana to cast creature spells. Very good. Goes in lots of stuff. I think it should be a snake, but it's not. It's a naga. That's lame. Yeah, so sick. Yep. And yep. four bucks. Yeah, four dollars. Four fifteen. Let's call it. Yeah. So like, what is that? Like seventy three dollars Canadian, roughly. Yeah, but still, it's affordable. It's pretty good. And uh, in this deck, it's insane. Very much so. The deck on the whole, I know we uh, we talked about it. Three hundred fifty six bucks. We're uh, we're cool with that. I think, right? Yeah, I think it's good. Four dollars. Most of the good. cost is is well, not most of the cost, but a lot of the cost. Those rats are 
two eighteen each, fifty nine bucks yeah. for the twenty seven rats. You could go Shadowborn Apostles and tweak the deck a little bit if you wanted to go hardcore all in combo. Yeah. Again, you're missing a black there, so they're way easier to cast. But you lose out on some of the interactions with Undying. 50 bucks you save like nine bucks if you did that a lot of the fun stuff you're missing out on yeah yeah and then you could cut a few things like uh, like your ogre slum lord your stampede driver those could turn into you know triumph of the horde the infect the, the infect overrun yep. you could cut the ogre slum lord or other rat tribal things and increase the cost of the deck exponentially not quite but um you could do lotus cobra you could do lotus petal different moxin zero drop artifacts that give you mana immediately because you're play, drawing all these you cards. you play Moxen in? Yeah, Chrome Mox. Um, oh, yeah, right. Mox Diamond, Mox Opal. You can play Lion's Eye Diamond if you want to have a non-bow. Well, Lion's Eye Diamond is cool because you discard your whole hand and then... Yeah, I guess you, if you're in the draw phase of that. I suppose, yeah. yeah. You could play Cadaverous Bloom. That's exile a card from your hand and you get green, green, or black, black, or black, green. Ooh, it's an enchantment. I like that. It's yeah. kind of cool. I like it's that. Cool, yeah. yeah, the point is... Vizier of the Menagerie. Pick them up. They're great. Okay. Yeah, so that's our card of the week. I think we should go to your favorite part of the show. Milk list. There we go. We missed it last week, so we're going to do it. We're going to make sure we get to it this week. Okay, so milk list. Recap. From 1 to 16 converted mana cost. Oh, baby. As per edhrec.com, these are the most popular spells in Soltai. Black, green, blue color combination. At the one drop slot, Soul Ring. Yes, at the two-drop slot, Cyclonic Rift. Nope. Eternal Witness. Nope. Factor Fiction. Nope. Acidic Slime. Nope. Deadeye Navigator at six. Nope. Shielder the Whispering One. Nope. Holy Dig Through Time at eight. Nope. Nine is Rise of the Dark Realms. Nope. Jingataxis Korogger, that dick, at ten. Nope. Ulamog. Nope. It the Betrays. Nope. Emrakul Two. Nope. Emrakul One. Nope. Draco. Nope. Island. Yes. We don't count that. Yes. Well, there One is milkless match! And it's Sol Ring, which hardly counts. Holy the... <laughs> Spicy. Yeah, how, how unexpected is this deck? It plays none of the good stuff. It plays good so stuff, but awesome. not the good stuff. It plays good stuff, but not the good stuff. Yes. <laughs> okay, Spicy Calculator. This is my other favorite part. Popularity, Damia. Fourth most popular deck in the Salt Eye Colors on edhrec.com very good okay at the time 1055 lists that's lots that's lots it's a popular guy and average converted mana cost 3.57 exactly where we were last week yep. minus 0.01 of a converted mana cost <laughs> now now part of that is partially because there are 27 rats and they cost three yes yes very much if so. you look at the curve on tappedout.net the three is just, yeah. it's outrageous. <laughs> 44% of the deck costs three. It's yeah. crazy. So good. Okay. Critical turn, five. That's maxed out. Optimal game size, six. That's maxed out. But I think if you're winning with Exanguinate or Grey Merchant, that optimal game size can be maxed out. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Yes. If you're winning with Rats, that optimal game size, you can only attack so many different players. And you're not going to attack with 27, 29, 29 Rats every game that you try to attack on. Some right. days it's only going to be five or six rats yes. that eventually are in play or stay in play. So you're not going to maybe be able to kill five people at once. Yes. So the, the possibility is there, but... I left it at six 
because most of the time it's going to be easier to win with Exanguinate or Gray Merchant. Yes. Yep. Uniqueness rating. This is a good thing here. This is the difference between the EDH Rec stock list and the list that we are talking about today. 51 cards are different. Unreal. Not Not counting land. Yes. 51 cards difference. Zero tutors in the deck. And if you add up all those, punch them into this spicy formula, beep, boop, 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 boop. spice rating, 71. Dang. The highest ever. That is excellent. Yep. So this is a spicy nugget. Yes, this is a spicy meatball, and meatballs are delicious. Yep. So if you want to play something that's challenging to play. Yep, it's got a high learning curve. Pseudo kind of budget. You're going to have a lot of these cards, except for people probably don't have like uh, 27 rats just kicking around, unless they have a Relentless Rats deck, as lots of people do. Yes. I mean, you could go to your gaming store and probably just buy Relentless Rats. Yeah, you're probably going to have to buy things like Dream Halls, Alluren, Phyrexian, Altar. Because they're older and less common and expensive, but everything else is fairly modern and fairly inexpensive. Yes, which is good. Yep. And 71 spices. That's good. That's way more spices than KFC. And it'll give you the shits way less. Yes. Diarrhea is way <laughs> worse than playing this deck, I'll tell you that. Okay, what else? What's the Brando's final thoughts of the day? What do you think? I think that this is a great deck. I think it's got a lot of sweet interactions that are going to be fun to notice, but... The punishingness of playing a new combo deck that you would often run across, apart from you're not going to see this combo coming, is that there's a lot of redundancy in it. So if you F something up, you're going to have that chance to try it again, as long as the other players don't hate you out afterwards. And I think a lot of combo decks are lacking that. And just in building this deck to be good, it got accidentally included into the deck. And I super like that because it's an unexpected thing to have happen which is what we're talking about now on our Arc of the Unexpected, which we're going to continue next week on the next Commander Cookout podcast. Hit our theme song! Woo!